This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. I just realized that's not PureVPN's logo anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I just updated it. It's purple now. Anyway, um, yeah, it's actually a really, really good update. I normally don't like like big branding updates, but this one was good. Anyway, not the point. Yep. Let's talk about AI. Oh, I don't know if I feel intelligent enough to discuss it. Um, so... This is uh, the last few months have been a uh, we've seen a big um, big developments in the availability of AI, particularly generative AI that can create uh, text and images. And uh, I'm sure a lot of folks have heard of ChatGPT, uh, which is a free. Well, it's not free if you want to use it in use it a lot, but it's free to, to try out uh, bot that you can use to write things for you. You can ask it to questions and it'll answer you in kind of plain language uh, and, and or you can ask it to write an article for you. Uh, and that has led to a lot of uh, interesting questions and problems. Uh, which I've written about, but I, I've, first of all, let me actually share my screen and show you ChatGPT, which I hope will be working when I try it. Okay, here we go. Why would it not be working? Because sometimes it gets overwhelmed with all the traffic. Uh, so I'm going to ask it to write an article about something. Let's let's see what I'm going to ask it to write an article about. Something we really know. Write an article about. Uh, well, I asked it before, should I do how to build a PC? Eh. Uh, how to set up a Raspberry Pi. Let's see. Let's see if it get. let's see how well it does. So you can see it, it only takes a few seconds. It's, uh, it's pretty quick. And, uh, and we'll and it it really looks like you know once we get this done it's going to look really pretty convincing. Uh, in fact, I should I should note that um, one thing that a couple things that have happened uh, recently since we last talked are that a couple of major publishers have tried out not ChatGPT itself, but other AI software. Uh, CNET uh, and the parent company of CNET, Red Ventures, uh, tried out, uh, tried out uh, some, have been testing AI-generated articles uh, since November, and their articles were about personal finance. And they got, um, some very negative press because they didn't disclose it right away. 
And then uh, not only were they, uh, you know, kind of caught doing it, but they were caught with some very serious factual errors, even though they said that they were fact-checking everything that the AIs wrote. Uh, for example, one thing, one article said was about um, getting interest on a CD, uh, and it said that if you have um, a $10,000 in the bank and you're getting uh, 3%, you have a, C, a 3% CD, then at the end of the year, you will have earned $10,300. Earned $10,300? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, you know, there were just a bunch of... There was there were other errors about things like how much compound interest was and stuff like that. Uh, so I, you know, so they had to kind of backpedal a little bit, but an issue, I guess what you call a non-apology. They said, well, we're going to to pause for now, but we'll be back with AI because we think it's really innovative and really helps readers. Uh, and then uh, BuzzFeed announced a few days ago that they're going to be using AI for some some things, uh, not necessarily for news. And um, you know, Google has apparently there have been a whole bunch of stories about how Google is very concerned about how AI is going to make search their search engine uh, obsolete, uh, and uh, being in the journalism biz, a lot of my colleagues now are freaking out about being replaced by AI bots. Uh, they're worried that companies are going to do what Red Ventures did, and they're just going to say, like, ah, you know, we don't need these writers. We can just uh, get AIs to do it. Uh, never mind the fact that the chat GPT was not, that, that, forget you, that, that the AI made lots of mistakes that they didn't catch uh, at adventures. So I went out and I tried chat GPT and I asked it to do something. I asked it how to build a PC and it gave me the answer that was very convincing, but, uh, had some problem, but when you dug into it, if you actually followed the advice, you'd end up breaking your CPU. So now let's take a look at the, let's take a look at the advice that it just gave me on how to set up a Raspberry Pi. See now one first thing you'll notice is this is grammatically correct. It looks like if I were to take this and hand it in, uh, someone would might not immediately be able to tell that it was written by an AI. In fact, schools are really concerned about this because it's being used for uh, kids to cheat and hand in their essays. Not necessarily good quality essays, uh, but they look, they could look competent. And, you know, everybody expects that this is going to get better and better. But let's take a look at, at, at what we got here. So setting up a Raspberry Pi can seem daunting at first, but the right tools, a little bit of knowledge, it's a relatively straightforward process. Okay, I guess. By the if, way, if you before, ask for... Uh, before you get too yeah. far, the first thing I notice, and I've noticed this because I've done a lot of experimenting with various other uh, AI generating content, um, that intro paragraph is repeated Sounds almost very word familiar. Word at the end. But it's almost exactly the same at the end. You're right. You're right. The, the summary. But 
Also, the little bit daunting thing, I seem to have gotten that almost every time I ask it how to do something. Gotcha. So, um, oh, one thing, by the way, that was uh, found with the CNET articles, I've read a whole series of this, of uh, there's this per- someone, uh, there's a site futurism.com that has been kind of tracking this AI uh, controversy. And they found that the CNET AI, which is not chat GPT, but some, something else that they may have invented themselves or licensed, uh, apparently plagiarized a whole bunch of stuff. Like it took sentences and just changed a few words that were found on other articles and on the web and just changed a few words of them from them and, and put them in. By the way, we I think believe we talked oh, about this like, a while ago. Like a middle schooler. Yes. I believe we talked about this a while ago. And there's there's a really interesting question, which is these AIs all learn from someone, right? They all learn from a human human-generated articles. So depending on how much they change it is a real question of whether it's plagiarism or not. But one thing they, you know, what they're doing is basically they're ripping off the work of people. Now you could argue that people rip off the work of other people. So I don't know. Anyway, so we'll, we'll just talk about this a little bit. First, you'll need to purchase Raspberry Pi. Okay. You'll need a computer. Okay. Um, they could have said here micro SD card reader uh, and an HDMI cable to connect the Raspberry Pi to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. They don't. Yeah, I but mean, that's. It lead, leave out. At least an HDMI cable, a HDMI cable is an error I see a lot from humans too. So. Yes. Yes, that's true. Uh, they don't mention what kind of power supply you would need. I mean, so a lot of times what I found with. Uh, ChatGPT is it will give you information but leave out key details like, like oh well actually you you know this is the kind of power supply you need. Format the micro SD card. Well, yeah, actually not really. You don't actually. This step is actually not correct at all. Um, you, I mean, maybe at one point this was something people were doing, uh, but generally speaking, what they use now is they use either. Uh, they probably use Raspberry Pi Imager or they use another imaging software uh, and they just download the image file and write it to the card. They don't format the card. There's no need to do that. There's no help from doing that. Download and install the operating system. Uh, Okay, first of all, it's not called Raspbian anymore. For the last two years, it's been called Raspberry Pi OS. Also, it doesn't tell you where to download it. Uh, oh, and once the download is complete, you'll use software such as Raspberry Pi Imager. Uh, yeah, you could do that, but Raspberry Pi Imager has the downloading process built into it, and that's how you're supposed to do it. So also, wait a second. Okay, so once the operating system is installed, you can insert the micro SD card into the Pi. Make sure the card inserted with the metal connector is facing up. Or label. Okay, I guess. This may depend on which pi you're using connect it's time to connect the pi to your monitor tv and the power supply once on connection say plug in the power supply be prompted to set up your language and keyboard oh but you didn't mention you that you might need a keyboard and mouse <laughs> i mean maybe that should be assumed but they didn't mention it configure well, now you're they also to... they also don't say what we're setting this up for you don't. Yeah, I mean, I you guess, don't find out until like step seven that we're setting this up to be used as a desktop, or I guess it's six. Yeah, 
Now I can sorry, this can include installing the software changing. Okay. But like, yeah. So it it so like there's a lot. The thing that I get about this is that most of this looks right. It looks right, even if it's actually some de serious details are wrong, but it's also so broad that it's not very useful, right? Like, okay, sure. Like if you've already done this task, like if you're me and you've already done this a million times, you might look at it and be like, oh, okay, I could follow these instructions because I already know what to do. But, you know, this is just like with the CPU uh, question, the um, how to build a PC uh, uh, question that I asked it, where one of the steps was uh, insert your um, CPU by pressing it down until you hear it click. Um, well, it didn't mention to like raise the tension bar. It just said, position your CPU correctly and press it down until you hear it snap into place. Well, CPUs yeah. don't necessarily, you don't necessarily hear a snap. Yeah. And oftentimes if you do, something has gone wrong. You don't necessarily want yes. to hear a snap with a processor. Yeah, and they didn't say like, oh, and first you've got to like align the little triangle, golden triangle on the processor to, uh, you know, to the triangle on the on the uh, on the socket. They didn't say you have to li lift a tension bar on the socket. Also, they didn't mention that newer sockets actually well, newer sockets actually have the pins in the socket and the holes in the CPU. Although, to be fair to ChatGPT, it was made in twenty twenty one, so. There wasn't as much of that going on as now. But anyway, point point being that point being that we are, you know, that there's just key details missing. So, you know, will the details will it get better? Maybe, probably. But the thing is, AIs now look, there's a good possibility that some people some people in the writing business will lose their jobs because there will be companies that are willing to cut corners and think it's okay. I also want to say, we don't know how Google is going to react to all of this. Google has, well, Google's officials, like in other words, is Google going to list AI generated content in search? Google itself has an AI. I think the biggest danger to publishers, and this is a very big danger, is if Google decides they don't need to give search engine results anymore because they're just going to give AI results. Like, if I can use an AI on my site, why would Google link to me? Why doesn't Google just use its own AI? It's yeah. got AIs. Uh, use its own AI. to. So if I go to Google right now, there are some, some things that you'll search that you get the answer box, which is when Google gives you, like, you know, pulls some quote out of context from a website and says, oh, here's your answer. And that's above the first result. Uh, and that alone has been uh, a real mixed bag for publishers because a lot of the time people don't click on the link in it because they're like, oh, thanks. You gave me my information now. I don't need to click your link. And so Google got free content. But the ultimate free content for Google would be if they just have an AI that spits out uh, spits out results, doesn't give people links to anything except maybe the footnotes to say like, here's where we got this information, uh, but gives people a very detailed uh, result. People might just say, oh, okay, 
that's good enough. I'm on Google. I got what I needed. And uh, that would put a lot of publishers out of business. Eventually, it would become a really serious problem because then publishers would start to say, uh, who remained would start to say, well, we've got to put everything behind a paywall or something so we don't have Google uh, indexing it because Google's going to be, you know, AIs are going to be stealing the learning from our work uh, and then putting it up. Uh, and then we're going to get no get nothing from it. So that's a, that's a real danger. But there's the other thing, which is that Google says that it is looking for to prioritize expertise, experience, expertise, authority, and trust. And AI has none of those things. It has no experiences, no expertise, no authority, and no trust. Even a smarter AI than the chat GPT that, that got all the details right would not have any of those things. And AI does not have human experiences. And AI does not go out and conduct interviews. And AI does not uh, have get exclusives. And AI does not find the scoop. And AI does not explain why something is important to them because they tried it. You know, now, can an AI do the things that content farmers do now? Quite, quite likely. Um, but, you know, the question is, how you know will will that will google uh you know bless that i mean i might i i tend to think that what what is going to matter in journalism and in, in writing is making sure you communicate to people that you had a human experience i tried this i did this this worked for me it's that's going to become more important than ever because generic language, this works, this happened, this whatever, not going to do, not going to do as well if everybody, if an AI can just do the same thing. You know, that's an interesting comment because um, we've internally, we've kind of generally had a, a policy of third person, right? And I think I'm officially putting an end to that right this second. I mean, I'm not, this is not to say that like you should never, you should use first person for everything, but well, no, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I think there's definitely like we have talks at work a lot about like, when we're writing about experience that we had, like we use this mouse or whatever. We don't say like this mouse has like 8,000 DPI and therefore you can get, therefore it gives you, you know, uh, very fine movements. Like, when we tested the 8,000 yeah. DPI sensor, we had very fine movements when we were doing this particular task. Like, you gr granted for some people, the AI that the you know generic stuff is going to be adequate for them. Mm -hmm. And Google says that it likes expertise and that it wants to prioritize human experiences, but we we don't know if that's going to remain. I'm saying but that's today. I think, but that's today. I don't know. But what I do know is that uh, until they invent robots that can do that can actually look and act like a human, like like T T eight hundred style robots, there's going to be issues with doing a lot of the jobs that humans do. They're not going to go to C like yeah. AIs are not going to go to CES and walk around the show floor and talk to people and. I've heard some people say things like, well, the AI can email interview questions to someone. Really? 
what person do you know is going to resp- is going to write an email back to an AI that emailed it? Yeah. They're not going to talk to you. All right. Yeah. No. That's, and 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 Gmail and Outlook are going to flag it as spam anyway. Right. Like you can now AI is by the way, ChatGPT and other uh, AIs are going to make phishing or making phishing emails much much more dangerous. Yeah. Because you notice that a lot of phishing emails have grammatical errors and are and everybody gets the same one they can very easily make unique and custom uh phishing emails to send to yeah. people that look much more legit yeah. so that's and, a real know, da- that's a real danger and you know the the ai you know one of <laughs> one of the things that that um that my former business partner on the the old software company mark and i used to talk about was you know, with self-driving cars, right? Everybody was like, well, I don't think they're ever going to be perfect. And Mark always said, they don't have to be perfect. They just have to be as good as or better than a person. And ChatGPT um, passed the bar exam in like seven states last week. That's better than a lot of people. Right? Like... like <laughs> It's, um, it's, ab- it's able to, to fake it, right? It has... Yes, but how many students are allowed to bring Google, to bring a search engine with them into the bar exam room? I right. bet you a lot of people... Uh, I bet you a lot of people could do that too if they were... Uh, if they were given... If they were able to think very quickly and, and access have full access that was on the internet. Yeah, and have yeah. full access to the knowledge of humanity. Exactly. Um, but what I'm saying is it, it has gotten advanced enough to fool people, to fool systems, to fool, you know, institutions, um, which just going into the, the danger zone that you were talking about with, with phishing emails and stuff like that, the fact that it's able to even, uh, trick or you know fool institutions like like the bar in several states is is another level of danger yeah it it is it is very dangerous we are going to need better ways of of finding of credentialing mm-hmm. uh, humans right we are we are absolutely going to need better ways of credentialing humans uh than, than we have now so that those are those are serious concerns, and I think people. I think you know my colleagues who are concerned about the impact on like the future journalism, they should be concerned. But at the same time, like if it's happening, if if companies are replacing humans with these AIs, uh, they're what they're really showing is that they don't really value the content, uh, and mm-hmm. because and especially if you look at what happened with CNET, like they missed major major problems with the facts now they said that they had humans reading this and that the humans were responsible for catching it but here's where i and i i I believe that they had a human look at it um although it's hard we don't really know to what extent and what human it was but here's something to keep in mind that I, I talk about that I've talked about with my friends and family over the last few weeks since it's come out you cannot have just anybody read edit 
or fact check an article. Like you, if you take me and you give me an article that was written by an AI about a topic that I don't know anything about, then I'm not going to catch the most serious. I'm going to check the grammar, but I may not catch the most serious logical problems in it because I don't know what I'm looking for, right? So if you take someone who doesn't know anything about finance and you give them finance articles to, to read, I mean, they earned $10,300. They probably shouldn't have, you should have caught that. But it was really one word, earned versus you would have or whatever. But some of the other things they had about like compound interest and how mortgages work and think and how car payments work or whatever, like if you if you didn't normally write about that stuff, you might not catch those things. If I gave you this Raspberry Pi article and you never uh, work with a Raspberry Pi, you wouldn't know that like, okay, Raspbian is actually not what we call it anymore. Or, or like, you know, you might not catch the fact that it says you need an SD card reader and an SD card reader is different than a micro SD card reader. If you've never worked with, with memory cards, maybe you don't know that there's a difference. So like you need someone who knows what they're doing to read it. At a certain point, if you can't trust the facts, then having a robot or do it is actually less helpful than having a person. Like if you need a person to spend a lot of time rewriting that and fixing that and catching that, then you might as well just have the person write it. Like that's, I mean, that's how it is with writers. If I hire a freelance writer and I find lots of factual errors in their work, I'm not gonna work with that person again. Yeah, I could keep spend a lot of time catching their errors, but if I spend more time rewriting it, then it would, if I spent about as much time rewriting it as it would have taken me to write it myself, then, then I don't wanna work with that person again. So why would- Yeah, because it's actually that, detrimental. It's not helpful at that point. Right. So if, if the AIs have to have, so like, if you have to have a good human backstop for the AI, then you don't need the AI, then the AI is not good enough. Right. And if it's good enough, so, so like, you know, the, where, when will you get to the point where it's good enough? It's just, I feel like the same thing about self-driving cars, right? For a long time, we said, and it's still the case, right? With self-driving cars. So now we have self-driving cars in a, very few locations. I think there's like one in San Francisco now where you can get like a cab at night and then there's like pizza delivery in some town in Texas. And then I think Arizona has one small area where you can get a car, a cab, and there's like a six month wait to get it just to try it out. But all of those things are backstopped by people watching it constantly, whether they're actually behind the wheel or they're remote at a terminal. So if you need a a huge human backstop because you can't trust the the product like what good is it yeah and you know another great example of that going back to ces is the the loop um which is the the boring company's you know hole in the ground with tesla's <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Part of the drive is automated and part of the drive is not. <laughs> There's a guy in the driver's seat who backs out of the space and drives through the busy part of the terminal. Whoop, that gets to the tunnel. And when he gets to the tunnel, the car goes, got it. And like the speed changes. It's like being on a roller coaster. It's the top of the hill. And you're like, oh, here it goes. Ooh. Um, you, like, you know, when it, steals control from the driver 
and I'm only saying he because I wrote it twice and it was a male driver both times. Um, <laughs> there were female drivers too, but both of mine were male. Um, like, you knew exactly when the computer took over. <laughs> you could feel it. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Uh, and when it, when it returned control, because once it comes out of the tunnel, well, you're back to the person and everything slows down and he's having to press yep. the, the accelerator so, and all those things. And so it was a really interesting experience because you got to experience, um, you got to experience the self-driving nature, which in reality is more like it's a small world because it's more of a defined track than anything, uh, in, in a cave. Um, which interesting, but you got to at least experience that. And it's not like it was going to get it wrong. Cause if it went too far either way, it, the tires were going to hit the walls and it can't climb. It's not magic. It was just going to keep going. But, um, but yeah, so it was interesting to see both. And I didn't like the self-driving part of it. I, I felt like, I felt like there was, a lack of, mm, I don't know, oversight. I don't know if that's the right word. C control right. isn't quite the right word, but so somewhere in there, I felt like, I, I don't know, it was weird. I, I didn't like it. I, I, it was fun being in, you know, a tunnel under yeah. the convention center, but you know, and it was way better it's... than walking. It was a, it was a minute and a half to get from, uh, uh, North Hall to the far end of the new West Hall. It's a 45-minute walk. It was a 90-second right. drive. Worth it even if there's people in the car. Don't care. That's right. right. <laughs> worth it. But, you know, it, they're just not there. None of this is there. And having the person in the car, why didn't they just drive through the tunnel? Why right, give to control you, over to the computer? It didn't change anything except the speed of the car. Right, right. To show you that they could. But true. To show you that they could. And that's great when it's a proof of concept. But this is, you know, so I mean, on the other on the other hand, what I think we are seeing is that AI, you know, that just has to work on the computer is much easier to execute than something like a self-driving car. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that means that like white collar jobs are going to be the ones that are more affected by AI than blue car, blue collar ones, uh -huh. because like it's much from my experience, my, I wouldn't say extensive experience, but my experience learning about robotics and, and like what it takes to, to make like something that's like a human hand, like to make something that can do the work of like assembling something or, or, you know, moving stuff around and, fine detail that's really difficult and expensive yeah to much more difficult and expensive than using some cloud computing to generate text or an image yeah although i'll tell you we had a company on the show again this year the tactagon whose product actually allows you to program uh robotics by doing it once and then you're off and running which i, I mean was interesting but yeah that's yeah. but even then that's good <laughs> But retrofitting a whole factory and manufacturing process or whatever to do that, or like, let's say, you know, oh, it's McDonald's or whatever, and I need AI to do, I need AI to cook the burger and flip the burger and hand the burger and, and, and clean the floor and go, like, 
there's just so many little tasks that you would need to program it for that you would need yeah. to make it do like all these and very deep because what if they don't want pickle right oh and it's and hardware is expensive like hardware mm -hmm. like that is very expensive right now yeah so i think automation of like those type of tasks which a lot of people have thought is oh yeah that's what that's going to be replaced by a computer might actually be more coming later than automation of yeah. like knowledge tasks because there's no hardware involved it's very mm -hmm. easy to replace but nevertheless my point with all of this is it's not there and it's not there it's never going to be able to have human experiences mm -hmm. uh which and so ultimately it's always going to you know for things that are regurgitated and things that are you know a commodity not commodity knowledge it might it might very well replace some some humans but it's not going to have ultimately it's got to draw on the work of real humans uh to right. have any value right yeah yeah i actually heard a segment from a political commentator this week who made the same point that it's not it's not blue collar workers that need to be worried it's it's the middle management it's the they're, they're the people who are seemingly being automated away uh, already, and and it's only gonna gonna go from there. Now I know you wrote about this at least once so far, right? Yes. So yes, we have an article on Tom's Hardware called uh, "I Asked ChatGPT How to Build a PC." It told me to break my CPU. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that went up last week and has a lot of comments and a lot of uh got a lot of very thoughtful really actually thoughtful comments about this nice so um so i uh yeah check it out that's not always been the case yeah most of them have been really thoughtful that's awesome i mean they're most of, them, most of the comments have been really thoughtful some of them are like oh you don't know enough about ai they always say that but then whatever the sure. topic is. But then there yeah. were others who were like, hey, it, it can't be intelligent if it's not conscious. Consciousness is not intelligence or whatever. Um, I was doing it. I won't get into this now, but I read some very interesting stories about whether or not general AI is coming anytime soon. That is like AI that can think like a person. Um, uh, it's, some of the experts say no time soon. Yeah. But anyway, we had somebody uh, on at yeah. Collision a couple of years ago who claimed that they had AI that could think like a mosquito or something. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. Part of it is we also don't understand how human, we don't fully understand how the human mind works anyway. Yeah. I don't think we know how the mosquito mind works either, which makes the claim a little strange, but whatever. It's all just bits and bites. Yeah, exactly. When you're a mosquito. <laughs> Digital mosquito for sure. Uh, well, Abram, a fascinating topic, possibly my favorite we've ever done. And I definitely appreciate it. Um, I, I always love like the, the big thoughtful topics when we get into them. And this was yeah. definitely one of those. And I, I think a great way to uh, get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I definitely look forward to what we talk about next time. <laughs>